0: moment of encounter is a weekly live broadcast brought to you by calvary with revival labels through god's servant chidebele odese the teachings are focused on building the church and raising men that will do exploits in this end time you can connect live to moment of encounter every tuesday by 6 p.m west african time at wwwmixlrcom forward slash moment of encounter May you have a life changing encounter as you listen. God bless.
1: you. is the of 10, everything to me. a friend of mine.
0: Yes, all I need is that you please make me fully of I have found a new Come on, the on, come on, I say,
1: Oh, my com a my God! while i
0: mean we go we so no. so my <laughs>
1: in the name of Jesus. amen He will never, never leave me, nor yet forsake me here. While I live by faith and do his blessed way. A wall of fire about me I have nothing to fear. With His manner he will fill my hungry soul.
0: Hallelujah.
1: Hallelujah. I have, for, I have all for him forsaken. I have all my idols torn from my heart. And now he keeps me by his power. Though all the world forsake me, and certain and me saw, so. through Jesus, I shall safely reach the goal. Blessed Father, we thank you. Our blessed Father, we worship. Thank you for another opportunity for an encounter with you. Please, we beg you tonight, encounter every one of us. In the name of Jesus Christ.
0: Amen.
1: Thank you for answering this prayer. Thank you, Jesus, Holy Ghost, you are welcome. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your power. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name we pray.
0: Amen.
1: Amen. Can be seated. We are here again for another moment of encounter with Him. And today's topic, still from our team, the Christian stewardship. The topic we are looking at the stewardship of our finances today. What an interesting one. The stewardship of our finances. When we talk about finances, we talk about our money. And permit me to say at this beginning that what we are about to look at today is the foundation of the christian prosperity should a christian prosper financially yes but there is a foundation to it one of the problems we have had in the teachings in christendom is imbalance And one of the things that causes imbalance is when you teach or you try to pursue a particular teaching without looking at the foundation of that teaching, anyone that pursues teachings on prosperity and is being fed on that, who has not been grounded on financial stewardship will eventually and definitely enter into error. The root, the foundation that you must have, that must be established in the life of any Christian before he will be financially prosperous and not heir from the way, is what we are about to look at. So, such an important topic. The kingdom of God needs money. The work of God needs money. And this money cannot be gotten from Egypt. It must come from the people of God. And if the people of God are the custodian of this money, it means that the people of God, their their wealth, their pockets, their prosperity will determine how much money that should be used in doing the work of God. And if that is so, how will the people of God have much money without erring from the faith? So that is the foundation of this is what we are looking at today. I have studied the Gospels and I noticed that you know, Jesus Christ spoke so much on money, so much on money than in, a, in, in any, any other topic. He spoke more on money than on holiness. He spoke more on money than righteousness. He spoke more on money than faith. What, why? We may not be able to exhaust this topic today, but we trust the Holy Ghost to encounter us with the you know, essentials that we needed for today maybe in the time when we we'll begin to look at the christian prosperity as a team we may have more time to look at all the teachings that our lord jesus christ gave on uh, money now let's go back to our key text on christian stewardship luke chapter 16 from verse 1 remember that in chapter 15 the lord jesus christ addressed the pharisees that we are criticizing him for accepting sinners. He gave them three parables, the parable of the lost sheep, the parable of the lost coin and the parable of the, the prodigal son and then he came to chapter 16. He now needed to address his own disciples and he began to talk to them about stewardship. He said he told them a story of this certain rich man that has a steward and the same was accused unto him That he has wasted his goods. And he called him and said unto him, How is it that I hear this of thee? Give an account of thy stewardship, for thou mayest no longer be steward. Then the steward said within himself, What shall I do? For my Lord taketh away from me the stewardship. I cannot dig to beg, I am ashamed. I'm resolved what to do. That when I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. So he called every one of his lost debtors unto him, and said unto the first, How much owest thou unto my Lord? And he said, A hundred measures of oil. And he said unto him, Take thy bill, and sit down quickly, and write fifty. Then said he to another, And how much owest thou? And he said, An hundred measures of wheat. And he said unto him, Take thy bill, and write for And the Lord commended the unjust steward, because he had done wisely. For the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. And I say unto you, make to yourselves friends of the mammon of unrighteousness, that when you fail, they may receive you into everlasting habitation. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. If therefore you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Amen. Now, even though we have, you know, used this passage to explain and understand other stewardship, the stewardship of our uh, gifts, stewardship of our bodies and time, but the truth is that what Jesus was purely addressing in this parable and the instructions that followed it is our finances, our money. I repeat, this particular parable and the instructions that follows it is purely on money. He was trying to address what shall be the attitude of a true disciple of Christ towards money. And he started by showing us from the story that we are stewards of every money or resource, resources or material possession that is in our custody. It all belongs to Him. Whatever we have belongs to Him. And the truth is that in one of the conditions of discipleship that He laid forth in chapter 14, verse 33, Look at Luke chapter 14 verse 3 Jesus said that If you don't forsake all that you have You cannot be his disciple So likewise, whosoever he be of you That forsaketh not all that he has He cannot be my disciple So it's a condition for you to be a disciple of him in the first place. That you must forsake all that you have. In other words, if you don't forsake all that you have, you can't. It's not possible. So what does it mean to forsake all? It is to surrender everything you have to him. Especially the ownership of all of them when you are forsaking all is when you have surrendered the ownership of everything you have and everything that you are yet to have unto him whatever that is still in your custody or that will be in your custody does not belong to you anymore it belongs to him that is to say you are a steward you are a manager he is the owner now even when we read first corinthians chapter 6 from verse 19 to 20 we are we are made to understand that we are not our own he bought us at a price and so we belong to him now if we belong to him if he is our owner our lord then he that owns us owns our resources owns our money owns. Whatever that is in our bank account It's normal, it's natural For us to understand that He owns us And there are other scriptures In the Old Testament That also showed us that Everything That is, in fact Apart from what God has given to us Everything in this world Is owned by him Whether he's in our hand or he's not in our hand David David was able to recognize that in First Chronicle chapter 29, when they were giving making donations for the building of the temple. In First Chronicle 29, verse 10, he said, Wherefore David blessed the Lord before all the congregation, and David said, Blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Thine O Lord is the greatness and the power. And the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heaven and in the earth is thine. Please pay attention to that scripture. For all that is in the heaven and all that is in the earth is what? Is your own. Belongs to you. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor, come of thee, and thou reignest over all. And in thy hand is power and might, and in thy hand it is to make great, and to give strength unto all. In Psalm 50 verse 10, again, the Psalmist was speaking by the Spirit. And he began to acknowledge that, you know, God was talking through his mouth, that everything that is in heaven, on earth, belongs to me. For every beast of the field is mine. And the cattle upon a thousand hills, they all belong to me. I know all the fowls of the mountains and the wide beasts of the field, they are all mine. If I were hungry, I will not tell you. For the world is mine and the fullness thereof. Amen. At least is able to recognize what belongs to him. He knows that the money in your pocket the money outside your pockets Everything that is in the world And is in the heaven They all belong to who? To God So whatever that you have Whatever that you are going to have Who is the owner? Who is the real owner? Is God He belongs to him So as we that are redeemed We that have been saved We are stewards We belong to him And because we belong to him Whatever that we have Belongs to him if you are a businessman that business belongs to him and every profit you are making from that business belongs to him if you are a salary earner your salary whatever you are getting from it belongs to him so you know you have to look at him look up to him on how to spend everything that he has given to you to spend the money that is in your hand as a steward without his approval, without his permission, is actually unfaithfulness. Now, let's look at a businessman that employs a sales girl in his shop. The work of the sales girl is to sell the goods and keep the money. And anytime he comes around, he will give, give him the money, he will do account. She will do account. Now, what if uh, some of these people that begs? comes around the shop and asks the, the girl for money out of compassion and mercy looking at the condition of the beggar is it not good for the for the sales girl to you know, use some of the money and help the beggar what do you think? it's good what do you think? it's good now being that is that faithfulness to his master or not Eh? Why not? Because he is not the owner. Do you understand? She has compassion on the beggar, and she want to give. But because she is not the owner, she is not permitted to give. Think about you. If you are the owner of the shop now, and you come back, and the the sales girl now tell you that the, the ten thousand naira that I got for today, three beggars came, and I give. Three of them, 3,000. Three and he's uh, only, remaining I 1,000. That I was really moved. And I know that if it is you, you also be moved. I know that these are the kind of people you normally show me. So when I saw them, I said, ah, you normally show me to this kind of people. So that's why I decided to give them the money. I think you'll be very happy with him, with her. Say, ah, thank you very much. You have done my way, isn't it? Why not, sir? Tell us why not? Permission was not granted. And maybe you have something to do with the money. Are, are you getting that? Now, what, what if he's not a beggar? This person came and he is a faithful person. If he borrows money, he used to borrow from the guy, And if he borrows money, he will always return back. And he came to you, in the sales girl, and said, Your ogre you know me now I've been borrowing from him so now he's not around can you borrow me in his name just tell him that I came around you'll be happy when you come and the girl say I borrowed it to your faithful borrower isn't it are you are you getting me I want us to be taking it gradually now what if the sales girl noticed that the neighboring shop was more decorated more organized more arranged and, you know, in, she, she noticed that more customers are going to that shop because of the aesthetics. And she said, like, she was like, no, 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 no. I need to put our, this particular shop in to be more, you know, beautiful than the other shop. So that more people would be attracted to come to buy it. And she took the money and do that. Without your permission, you will still be happy. <laughs> now, I want you to take note of this because we are like this sales girl. The money that is in your pocket, one naira, eh? ten naira, hundred naira, that money is not your own. It belongs to him. You are a steward. You are to manage and keep that money until the owner comes. And tell you that this is what I want to use my money to do. Do you understand? You know, sometimes, out of sympathy and compassion, somebody comes around and say, Please give me money. What do you normally do? do you pray before you give? Do you ask the owner? You, you just take, took decision, you know, say this person is in a bad condition, you'll give. That is unfaithfulness. You are an unfaithful steward. And remember what happens to unfaithful steward. What happened to this particular unfaithful steward in Luke 16? He lost he lost his stewardship. Just because of that unfaithfulness. What is unfaithfulness in the area of financial stewardship? Taking the money that is in your hand to give to people without the approval of the owner are you the owner of the money who is the owner of the money the lord you are a steward and you say hey the condition of this person touched me did you ask for his approval are you aware that sometimes people can pretend and lie and they will come to you for you to give out of sympathy they say let's maybe when the person looks at my condition he will be I remember one day I didn't know that particular beggar He just came around and said I should give him 10 naira So that he will eat That was some years ago And out of then I don't know what uh, financial stewardship Faithfulness is all about Out of sympathy I gave the, the beggar money I said this big man Asked him for only 10 naira To my surprise Right before my eyes He went and used it to buy cigarettes and begin to smoke, and people were like telling me that. So, you don't know this man that that's how he will be begging once he collects money that you go and use it to smoke. Some of the people that you are looking at, you say they are beggars, they you, you want to give to them. Do you know what the money is going for? He's only the owner of the one that will give you permission and approval. That's why you say, I have told us again and again, you can't be a Christian if you're not spiritual. Take it or leave it. If you don't know the voice of God, you don't hear from God, you are not led by the Spirit, how can you be a Christian? It's not possible. You will just be in the flesh, walking in the flesh, talking in the flesh, acting in the flesh, giving in the flesh. Or somebody come around and say, please now, please borrow me money, I will pay you. You know, many believers have entered into trouble that way. I will pay you. And you will carry your money and give to the person. Say, eh, my, my um, son is in the hospital. He will just present all kinds of uh, situations that are so sympathetic. And say, just borrow me. I will pay you next month. And you will not ask the owner. Because you, you, you know you are acting as the owner. Say, ah, how much do you need? Look at your mouth. How much do you need? Are you the owner, have you consulted the owner of the money? Have you gotten approval? Eh? Do you know what it means to act without his approval? That's unfaithfulness. Or sometimes you take decision to, to to just just like the sales girl, you just want to change the, 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 the shop, you just want to do something because you feel that the money is with you. That's unfaithfulness. You see, one of the things that will happen to us tonight, the, one of the major encounters tonight is an encounter that will hit you and then forever and ever you will come to know that you are not the owner of that money. It's not about this. I just pray that this teaching will not just be an ordinary teaching because some of us you have heard it before, but after hearing it what, what is it that you are doing about it? You have come to know this may not be new. It is not a new revelation for so many of us. You have heard about it before. But still, you are not conscious of it. You are still standing. Spending. You know, as if you are the owner. Okay, can you imagine you now, the ogre of the shop, coming to the girl and telling the girl, please, I uh, can I see the money you, you got for today? I want to use it. To give to my friend because his son is going back to school i just felt i should help him can i have the money say how much He said twenty thousand. give me all of them and he says get said no how can i give you all the money for you to use it to do share it i won't give you the money is at least it's in my pocket now. <laughs> you know we do that too you know we do that too god will want you to give his money To someone, God will want you to give his money, use his money to buy food so that somebody will eat. But you will say no, you will deny him the right to use his own money. What is that, please? Unfaithfulness in financial stewardship. This is his money. He said, All things in heaven and all things on the earth, they are mine including you. I bought you. You are not your own. And then the money is mine. I want to use this money to help this widow. You say, ah, if I give out all this money, how, how am I going to eat? You know, that's the reasoning. The only money in your account is 5,000 naira. And the owner said, this 5,000 naira in, that is in the account, I want to use it to give to this widow. Then your reasoning comes because you are the organ. Say, if I give this money to this widow How am I going to eat this night? And then he said no You will not allow him to have his way But when we gather to sing a song Have your way Your voice will be greater than any other person You say Lord have your way Have your way But when he wants to have his way in using his money in your in your custody To help a widow To help a poor person to pay school fees of someone, you will say no. That's no, 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 no. Even if you are to help, why will it be this person that you will help? Eh, you will use your head. We are so much in the flesh, we are so much unfaithful. Again, the issue of being attached to this money, that's another second, another encounter. Many of us are so attached. Once your salary comes, eh, a lot, you know, a lot. moment it enters, you are happy. When the account is empty, you are sad. Why are you sad? Because no money. Why are you happy now? Because there is money. You know why you are happy? Because there is money. Now, the money has entered into your account because you are the owner so you can spend. Some of us that are in business, the day you went for business and there is no much money coming as a gain that day, you are not happy. They say, how is the market today? Say, nah, eh? Today's market is very bad. Very bad. Then the day much money entered, how is today's market? Today's market is very good. And you are very happy. You are rejoicing. Now, because, in fact, on the road itself, even on that day, the food you are going to eat eh, will be much, much better than the, the one you ate on the day. You know, you are the organ now determine how to spend the money so when money increases you go for shopping you do many things you change your cloth change your shoe ah this is unfaithfulness you are you are still acting as the owner excuse me you are not the owner the money that is in your pocket is not you that owns it i would like to say this thing one thousand times if it is a repetition of it that will make you to to get the revelation of it. You are owned by the Lord. And he that owns you, owns your pocket. Owns your bank account. You are not permitted to touch it without his approval. If you do that, you are an unfaithful steward of the Lord's finance in your custody. To be a faithful steward Of the lost finance, you must it must dawn on you that you are not the owner of this your salary, this your money, this thing that they just paid you. You are not permitted to use it without the owner's approval. If you are a treasurer of a group. You know, treasurer, people that host money, isn't it? And then money enters into the pocket of the group. Are you, do you normally get excited? Why not? Say so whether the money enter or it didn't enter. I won't touch it now. What concerns me? So you see, when your mood begins to change, when your spending attitude begins to change I don't know whether you have read John chapter 12 before where Mary the sister of Lazarus broke an alabaster on Jesus' head and anointed him and Judas spoke out and said why this waste this money should have been used to help the poor can you see his passion and the Bible said Judas was talking not because he has any compassion on the on the on the on the poor, but because he was a thief. He knew that if the the, the woman has brought the alabaster oil, eh, he will be the person that will go and sell the thing now. As the treasurer in charge of practical matters around finance, he is the minister of finance. Now, by the time he finished selling it, the first thing he will do is to corner half of the money into his pocket and tell Jesus and the rest that this uh, thing was sold 15,000 naira when it was sold 30,000 naira. And the post also is with him. He will be stealing that one gradually. So our attitude, spending attitude, our mood, our comments, even the way you react when things about money You know, sometimes you are just so zealous. Why would this thing be spending like this? Just because the money should have entered your pocket. And if it enters your pocket, your pocket is not the lost pocket and you know. You will start spending it. God will deliver someone today in the name of Jesus Christ. Now look at that parable. that you know we read we read from verse one to thirteen. I don't know the understanding of that parable is you need light for you to get exactly what Jesus is talking about here. And I want to I want us to look at it very very quickly. I will not go into too much exposition on that. Just for us to catch the you know the light and then we move. Look at the parable. Jesus said. When this unjust steward discovered that the stewardship is being taken away from him, he went to the dep- depths of his organ and began to compromise with them. He knew that his stewardship has ended. Eh? He just have some time for, for him to make amends before the day of accounting which has been fixed. So, he used that remaining time to compromise with the debtors. So that when he will be put out of stewardship, they will receive him into their houses and begin to take care of him. Since he has showed them mercy before. Do you understand the game? Now, Jesus said to the disciples that the children of this world are wiser in their generation than the children of light. You know what Jesus is talking about what he's talking about there is that the children of this world is referring to the unbelievers they know about their future and they plan towards their future he said the Lord small-letter Lord verse 8 of the unjust steward commended the steward because he has done wisely look at that this particular this particular parable is bringing out two things about this steward. Number one is bringing out the unfaithfulness of the steward. Number two is bringing out the wisdom of the steward. The Lord Jesus Christ wants want his disciples not to be unfaithful as the steward, but be wise as the steward. Are you getting it? He wanted them not to copy the unfaithfulness of the steward. But to copy his wisdom, what is his wisdom? He discovered that he is going to be put out of stewardship very soon, so he planned for his future. And he said, "The people of this world, they plan for their future. That's why there is pension and gratuity for for uh, salary uh, earners. Eh? So that when they retire in their old age, they will start collecting pension and gratuity." And use it is a plan towards their future in fact the government will force you if you are a civil servant they will force you you must open a pension account have account number and they will be putting it by force there they took it so serious they want to plan for your future even when you don't want to plan it if they give some civil servants option they will not do it but because they took it so serious that's why they say the world are wiser now, we that are children of light, our future is not in this world. If only in this world we have hope, we are of all men most miserable. First Corinthians 15 19. Our future is in heaven, in eternity. And Jesus is saying, the children of this world are so wise to plan their future in this world. Eh? The business people, when they are doing business, making money, you see them building houses so that in their own age they start collecting house rent and use it to is a they are making, you know, investments for the future. Now, planning, because they don't want when they will be old, they will not have anything they will fall back on. But we that have our future in the world to come, Jesus was like, the children of light are not wise. He now came to verse 9. He now gave the disciples instructions. On how to prepare for the future, that was what that verse 9 is reading. He said, And I say unto you, Look at verse 9, look at it. I say unto you, Make to yourselves friends of the mammon of unrighteousness, that when you fail, they may receive you into everlasting habitation. Everlasting habitation. Do you understand the word everlasting? Everlasting eternal i say to you my disciples use mammon of unrighteousness the steward used unjust means to secure a future you people use unrighteous mammon even though it's unrighteous mammon but you can use it to win souls So that when you die, when you fail, the source you won will be part of your welcoming party in the everlasting habitation. That's just the meaning of that scripture. Eh? Use money. Use the money that I have provided for you. You have gotten. He called money unrighteous mammon. Because money has unrighteous character, and you have to be careful with money. Because the character of money is basically unrighteous. I may not have enough time to deal with that today. One of the things that you know makes money unri- unrighteous is that you will see somebody that is saying to God, "Please, I need a job," and then God will give the person a job, and they are paying him hundred thousand naira. The same person will start the day. You will receive hundred thousand naira. He will start saying, "Oh God, I wish that this is two hundred thousand naira." Ha! He will just he will just check the things that the hundred thousand naira will buy. He will notice that the thing will not be enough. He will say "Ha, Father, thank you for this one, but I wish. In fact, I need a change of job. Huh? The one that will give me more than that. So, that is a spirit. Is a spirit." now you say use before the person started earning hundred thousand dollars doesn't have anything to know. now hundred thousand dollars is not enough he's not ever grateful once the salary comes he say oh god this salary is not even enough again now eh? <laughs> so, you look at it jesus said use money we are going to return back to that verse because it's a command he gave a parable he now gave a command One of the ways to use money by the disciples of Christ is to use it to do what? To win souls for eternity. Now when he ended with the parable, he began to give further instructions. And I want us to look at those instructions very critically before we conclude this evening. Number one, he says in verse 10, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much and he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much now he also said if you are not faithful in the unrighteous mammon who will commit to your trust through riches and if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's who shall give you that which is yours now listen these three things he said in verse 10 11 and 12 is referring to money mammon when he say he that is faithful in that which is least, is referring to money. When he said, of, of course in verse 11, he called it by his name, unrighteous mammon. Then when he also said, if you have not been faithful in that which is another man, another man, who will give you that which is your own? In God's economic system, listen, in God's economic system, I'm not talking about Nigerian economy or American economy. I'm talking about God's economy, econo- economic system the value of anything is determined by how much it weighs in eternity eternity is a factor to determine the importance of anything whether the thing is going to be least important or more important or most important are you getting it whatever that can never get into eternity is of least importance and that's where money for, because there's no money. We never have any relevance in eternity. Every money that you have now can never cross with you into eternity. In fact, not just money. Every property. That was why First Timothy chapter six, verse six, that was telling us be content with what you have. Say because we brought nothing into this world, and where you are going to die. will not take anything out of the world you will go naked as you came naked so you are not going to carry money away if you see a man that is rich the day he dies that's the end and that is what another uh, verse two have said if you are not faithful in that, which is another man's so every money you have is another man's money it's a matter of time Eh? this one also happened in time before a money will be useful to you In any way at all, it must leave your hand. That's to tell you that that money in your hand is not your money. Before ten naira will be useful to you, that ten naira must leave your hand into another man's hand, showing you that this ten naira is another man's money. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Again, when you die, the moment you breathe your last, every money that you think is your own will just be transferred to another man's. So that's why Jesus said, "He that is." unfaithful in that which is another man's. he that is unfaithful with this unrighteous this money that has unrighteous character if you are not faithful with it in using it to win souls so that the souls you have won will welcome you in your everlasting mansion in heaven I don't have enough time, but you know, when we cross over to heaven, eh, When the sense will be judged in heaven, there will be two. There are two judgments. The first judgment will determine heaven or hell. Those that are going to hell will go. Then those of us that we enter heaven, the time that we will be judged, so that our placement in eternity will be determined based on our works. You know, he said. will reward you according to what your works according to according to he can never give you you know more reward if you are not faithful in that which he has committed into your hand compared to the person that is faithful do you understand it's always faithfulness that he will use at that point to judge us and know where to place us in eternity now when that time comes the number of souls you win because everybody is commissioned to go and win souls everybody we may have different gifts but our different gifts like we considered last um, last week our different gifts is for you to use it to do what? to win souls to raise lives for the kingdom so at the end of the day the number of souls you raised, you, you won and raised for the kingdom will also be a factor. It may not, it may not, it may not you may not be judged in the kind of gifts you have, but what did you use the gift to do? Do you understand? So now when that time reaches, the souls that we will, will welcome you in that your everlasting habitation. When they call you, for example, they say, You the people that you won through your money, through your labors, they will be excited eh? when it is your turn to be rewarded. And you can imagine what will happen. Because they will be saying, ah, I was here just because of this man. I was here just because of this man's money. You understand? So they will be so excited that it was through you that they made heaven. And so, you know, it will be so glorious. That's what Jesus is talking about there. Now look at the matter. The matter here now is the issue of faithfulness money was regarded as the least thing he that is faithful in that which is least that which is least important is faithful in that which is much I want to be slower now he that is faithful in that which is least and is referring to money is faithful in that which is much Mark that sentence. He didn't say, he that is faithful in that which is least, will be faithful in that which is much. He didn't say that. He didn't say, he that is faithful in that which is least, will be considered faithful in that. No, he is already considered. I don't know whether you are getting that little difference. Because sometimes, some of those little difference makes a lot of difference in the long run. That is to say God will consider you faithful In that which is much When you are faithful In that which is least In fact Does it dawn on, on us that Our journey of following Christ Begins at trusting God being faithful in our finances, that's why it's a condition of discipleship. You know what Jesus said? We have read it now. He said, If you don't forsake everything you have, you cannot be my disciple. So, it's at the beginning, before you, when they say on your mass, get set, the first leg we are going to throw on the race is on finance. You are not yet a disciple until this matter is settled. That's what Jesus is saying. If you are not faithful in financial stewardship, you are not a disciple. You may claim you are, you are one because you are attending discipleship class or you are even teaching. But the truth is that you are not until the matter of faithfulness in financial stewardship is settled. Look at the rich man that came to him in Mark 10. You remember the story. The man ran and asked him, Good master, what shall I do so that I will inherit eternal life? What shall I do? The man does not know that eternal life is a gift. He thinks it is something that you can earn by doing something, isn't it? That's why, you know, Romans 6, 23 says, That the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is what? Is eternal life. Eternal life is not something you will work for. So he was thinking that it is something he will work for. He came and said, Good master, what shall I do? So that I will inherit eternal life. Jesus said, The first thing Jesus said was, Don't call me good. Eh? Because it's only God that is good. (laughs) You may not know what Jesus was telling that man. Jesus was telling that man that if you consider me God, that's when I can accept the word good. But you will not allow me to be the Lord of your finances. You will not. So there's no point calling me good because I'm actually good. I'm I'm a good master because I'm God. But because you will not surrender to me as God, there's no point calling me good. Remove it. And then the man asked the master. All these things I have done from my youth. He told him go and keep the commandments. You shall not uh, convert. You shall not steal. You shall not kill. He said I have done all this from my youth. And then he looked at him. The Bible said in verse 21. Beholding him he loved him. Turn to that passage. Because it is a very important passage for for us. In this study. Mark 10. Verse 21, he said, Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him and said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go your way, sell whatsoever you have, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Come and take your cross and follow me. You know, when we read some of the things that Jesus said in the Bible, we feel, you know, somehow, good, because it was Jesus that said it. Eh? If it is one preacher eh, that told a sinner or sinners that came out for utter call, say, how many of you want to surrender your life to Jesus Christ? Come out. And they came out. He now said to them, all of you, before you will have eternal life, eh, you will go and empty Sell everything you have. You know, sometimes when they tell them to empty their accounts, they say, this is too bad. This one is not even emptying your account. This one is, go and sell everything you have. Put everything in account. This one is not, this one empty your life, not account. Bring the money to the Lord. That is when you can be able to follow Christ and then be able to... You know, that that preacher must be criticized. You know, he must... But what, look at Jesus here. He was trying to show us that at the beginning of your journey of salvation, the, this matter must be settled. Is the least matter. Is the first matter to settle. If faithfulness in financial stewardship is not settled, you will have problem in this journey of discipleship. In following Christ, in this heavenly race, you can never run it well. You will keep having problems. You will want to overcome flesh. Eh? At some level. Flesh will refuse to be overcome. Because the first flesh to overcome is what? Your your possessions. Faithfulness in that which is least. In that which is money. Must be secured before any other thing can happen. Sometimes we don't understand that the true riches The grace of God the power of God the the gift of God Things that you know, we expect to come from God that will become our own even after we have died You know there are things that will become your own even after you have died that you will secure in this life. I hope you know that like souls now that you won, you it will reflect in your eternity, isn't it? again the word of God, the Bible said the word of God lives and abides forever. The word of God that, you know, God opened to you, showed to you. It will follow you to eternity. For God to trust you with revelation of the word of God. For God to, you know, sometimes some of us don't understand why our Christian life is shallow. Sometimes you you, you look at yourself, you do your best, you try this, so we read book. The the first matter is this. Several things will close up for you in the Bible until you are faithful in financial stewardship. That's what Jesus is talking about here. It's so fundamental. It's so foundational. It is the beginning. It's the first step. Until that is settled, salvation has not come. Look at what he told Zacchaeus. You remember Zacchaeus? He was another rich man. Eh? Zacchaeus said from today eh? half of my goods I will divide into two, give it to the poor and then the remaining half I will use it to you know, do restitution everybody that I have exported from I will pay back four times he said Zacchaeus because you have said this salvation has come to your house salvation has not come to you until this matter is settled now, look at the problem with this man eh? when Jesus was asking him go and sell everything you have go and sell everything he's looking like a wicked statement is he not but you see the difference between Jesus and the, some of our false prophets and teachers is that they will tell you to empty your bank account and transfer it to their own account look at Jesus' uh, statements. He didn't tell him to bring it to him. I don't know where you're getting it. He said, go and sell everything you have. Don't bring to me when you finish selling. Because if he said that, he may be sounding like a false prophet. Eh? Go and give it to the poor. You then come and follow me. And then when he said that, the Bible said the man was sad. Remember, he spoke to him out of love. Anytime God is asking us to give, he's talking to us out of what? Out of love. If you read down, it was in this same passage, verse 28, that Peter said to Jesus, We have left everything and has followed you. And he said, Every for, for you to leave any, everything, anything to follow me for the sake of the gospel and for my sake, you will have it what hundredfold in this life, in this time. So it was out of love For this man Because he wanted him to have hundredfold In this life That he was asking him to go and say But the man didn't understand And then he went away sad He was sad At that same And he went away grieved Anytime you talk about money yeah, Among people There are people that have stopped going to church Because they always talk about offering, first offering, second offering, third one, you know, fourth one. There are people that anytime they are going to church, they will break their money into 2020 20 naira. So that when they call first offering, they will take the first twenty naira and go. Second offering. Because they know they already know. All kinds of things. People criticize, they say so many things. Whenever you talk about money, money. Money is something. In this race, money is somewhere. And that was why Jesus was talking about it. The man went away sad. And then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? Jesus said, It is very hard for those who are rich to enter heaven. You know, some of us want to be rich. If you want to be rich, raise your hand. So you want you want to have difficulty in entering the kingdom. This is Jesus talking. About. This one is not another person talking. Yet you still want to be rich. I thought you said, no, if it's going to be hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom, let me be poor so that it will be easier for me. Eh? Okay, he said it's not easy when you are poor too <laughs> But he said it's, it's easier he didn't, he didn't talk about the poor here He said the rich will find it difficult Now when he said that The disciples were surprised They were surprised in verse 24 He said children How hard is it for them that trust in riches To enter into the kingdom of heaven It is easier for a camel To go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom. Listen, do you know the needle? Eh? Do you know needle? The one they used to sew cloth. That is what Jesus is talking about here. Some people used to say there's a a, 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 a small gate they call Eye of a needle in Jerusalem. Those who have gone for pilgrimage came back and told us that there's nothing like that. So he's not talking about anything. There's, there's no gate he's talking about. He's talking about a needle. That it is easier for a camel to enter through the eye of a needle. <laughs> Bring a camel and put the camel in, into the eye of a needle. And know how it is for a rich man. Those who trust in riches. Now when he was talking about a rich man, what is he referring to now? Those who trust, trust in riches. And that is where the matter is in financial faithfulness. Trusting in the money. How do you know that you trust in the money? That's what we begin to handle now. Go back to our main text. Let's read the last verse we read, which is verse 13. No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and uh, mammon. Now listen. How you know that you have put your trust in money than in God is when God say, give, the money in your hand, God say, give, and it shall be given to you. Good measure, press down, shaking together, running over, shall men give to your bosom? Did Jesus say something like that or not? In Luke six thirty-eight, he was talking to his disciples. He give. My disciples, I'm giving you a commandment. Give. In this kingdom, it is not safe that makes people rich. Eh? Some people normally teach, you know, principle of um, saving money and all of that. We are not against saving money. If only the saving of the money is going to be for the kingdom purpose. What makes people rich in this kingdom is to give. Now, when we preach, it's easy to preach. It's even easy to hear and to think that you have gotten it until it is time to do. Eh? When your salary as a civil servant is entering into your account and... The Lord will speak to you and say don't touch one naira from this salary. Give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together shall men give unto your bosom. The next question that will arise in your heart that's the question I asked God some time ago when He asked me to do that kind of thing. I said where am I going to how, how will my 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 family, my wife, my children, how are we going to survive this month? Because before the next month we will come, we have to be eating now. We have to be... And then the next thing you are going to hear is, when you give, it takes trust in God to do what? To give. To give that salad, give all of it. if you don't trust in God you will not be able to give and why you will not be able to give is because your trust is in what your trust for survival this particular month or week is what is in that money that's where your trust is those who trust in riches it's easy to read Bible and pass let's look at the Bible as it is applied to us The reason why you find it difficult to give. Some some people, you know all this argument about tithing and all of that. When I hear it, I laugh. I don't have time for for that today. Eh? Look at those people that are saying "Eh, disciples should not tithe. Eh, This person should not tithe. If you go to the root of their argument, it is this, this issue. This issue of stinginess. This issue of not trusting God in that which is least They find it difficult. I was talking with someone. He said that I find it difficult to bring 10% of my money. Hey, how can I survive? 10% will just go. So difficult. It takes faith in God for you to carry the money that should have solved a problem before you and give to the poor or to, to a minister or to the work of God or to God. It takes faith. Trust enriches. Trust. So, The the, the, the matter is not even how rich you are. The matter is where your heart is. Whether you put trust in that your 100,000 Naira salary or you put trust in your 1 million Naira salary. That's where the matter is. And how do you know that you have trusted in that money? When you find it difficult to obey God. Eh? He said, use your money to win souls. That's a, another command. You'll find it difficult to bring out money for the work of the Lord, for souls to be won. You believe that if you hold this 5,000 Naira now, eh, it will help you to at least eat today, eat tomorrow. But There is a voice of God saying, give. Now, you know it will take you trust in God for you to give the 5000 naira out. If you don't trust in God, you will not be able to give it. You will find it difficult. You know, I have said it before. I don't know whether it's moment of encounter or somewhere else that you know when people pray, you know, the life is is about sowing and reaping. Eh? Life is about sowing and reaping. When you pray, there are things that come back to you as a result of prayer. When you fast, there are things that come back to you as a result of fasting. When you give, there are things that come back to you as a result of giving. You dare not fast and you are expecting the result of giving. There are so many brothers and sisters that are fasting and praying but they are living in debt. When they finish fasting and praying, they will go and borrow money to eat. You know why? They will borrow money to pay their house rent. You know why? They think that they are believing God in prayer, in fasting, but to give is a problem. And you can never reap where you have not sown. You have sown in prayer, so you go and reap what? Reap grace from prayer. Reap anointing and power from prayer and yeah. But when it comes to the harvest of you know the returns that will come back to you as a result of giving, you are not going to reap there because you didn't sow there. Give and it shall be given to you. Pray and you will have grace. Don't think that you will pray and it shall be given to you. Don't turn the Bible upside down. Talk to your neighbor. Talk to your neighbor because this is why many believers are poor. Eh? You will pray and fast. And after praying and fasting eh, You will expect that it shall be given to you No These are laws I don't know whether you're getting And the reason why we find it difficult to obey God whether See, when you read You know some of us that are arguing about Old Testament Throw away Old Testament Because the same people that are telling you and tithe is not in for New Testament, they will still go and claim the promise of tithe. They will still go and claim the promise of God in the Old Testament. Sometimes when I read about the promises around tithe, I wonder how can somebody who is reasonable will not excuse me. Do you know what the Bible says? He said, All the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus, including the promises of tithe. They are yes and amen. Where? In Christ Jesus. Look at the promises of tithes. He said, when you bring in all the tithes into the house of the Lord. Number one. He will open the windows of heaven. He said, try me. Can you imagine God talking to somebody telling him to try me? Can you imagine God talking like that? Say, try me. If I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out blessing on you number one number two i will rebuke devourers for your sake number three he said i will make you a blessing so that all nations will call you blessed malachi 3 8 to 12. now somebody want to get those blessings those promises but you don't have enough faith to give Okay, look at the promise about first fruits In Proverbs 3, 9-10 It says, honor the Lord with your substance And with the first fruit of all your harvest And your barn shall be filled With good things Honor the Lord, honor the Lord You know, some of these things are To me, these are principles In the Old Testament, God said when you get money There is a part you should not eat that one belongs to me. To me, even if you don't want to call it tight, is a principle. You can't get a whole money and finish it. In the old testament, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, 8 and 9, he called it the seed to the sower and the bread to the eater. Every giving carries this part. Every, uh, uh, every income carries what? Seed to the sower. And bread to the eater. Every farmer, when you are harvesting, you know there are ones you are going to use to go and sow back again. You don't eat everything. And then you talk about first fruit. First fruit is the principle. Sometimes, before somebody will bring out his tithe or bring out the money, you give to God. He will first of all start spending it. You know, paying house rent. Then when you finish everything, you now give God the last. No, first fruit first. Give to Him first. Do it well. It's an honor. So that we get the blessing. God does not need our money. The reason why God asks us to give is to deliver us from worshipping of idol. Covetousness is idolatry. Ephesians 5.3 said it. Colossians 3.5 said it. Covetousness is idolatry. Worshipping of idol. And that is one where Jesus fought that man that said all these things I have observed from my youth. Eh? But the first commandment is thou shall not worship idol. The man is worshipping an idol called money. That's how many of us You see, when God asks you to give, he is trying to break away your trust in money and put your trust, where? In him. Otherwise, if you just believe that the money you have is for you to spend, you now calculate, you say you are going to do this, another one will come. You are just living around money as your God. You are living around money as your God. And that leads us to unfaithfulness. In financial stewardship so when you look at money as that which is least you have to work at being faithful because it is when you are faithful in giving as God has commanded any kind of giving as God has commanded and has led you remember our principle in the New Testament Romans eight fourteen: as many as are led by the Spirit of God they are what are sons of God. For example, we have talked about at the beginning, maybe a beggar coming to beg you. You must be relying on the Spirit of God to lead you to know whether you are giving to this one or not. You can't do it on your own or by yourself. Otherwise, you'll be unfaithful. And then he says, if you are not faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will give you that which is your own? Now look at that verse 13. He said, No servant can serve two masters. For either he will hate one and love the other. Or he will hold on to one, cling to one and despise the other. Now in this verse, there are two aspects of unfaithfulness in financial stewardship. One is loving money. And two is holding on to money. We have talked about trusting in money. It is trust in money that makes us to hold on to it. So when God is giving us a command, give, we despise God, despise His command, and go our way, and do our thing. Do you understand that? And hold on to money. Say you cannot serve God and money. We hold on to money and despise God and His instructions. We despise God and His leadings. You are having a prompting in your spirit To give to this brother, to give to this sister, you will despise it. Despise the voice of God, despise God, and hold on to your money. Because that is your God. That's unfaithfulness. You can't give because your trust is in money. You're holding on to it. That's unfaithfulness. And then some of us even... Sometimes when you struggle and struggle and struggle and you want to give, you will give at your own terms. When God wants you to give this person 10,000 Naira, your mind will say, even if I will give, how can I give him 10,000? You start rationalizing that voice. How can I give him 10,000? Let me give him 5,000. I say, this is where Christianity begins. Every other thing, spiritual and physical, whether you're going to be a a prosperous man, spiritual prosperity, and physical prosperity. This is the foundation. Get it right here. If you don't get it right here, you can't get it, get it right there. It's not possible, and that has been a problem. It pains my heart several times. You see, ministers of God living in depth is not supposed to be so. People that are serving God faithfully praying going to church doing the work attending meetings but they are living in debt why they are not faithful here then they will think that god is the one that is not faithful that's the way we normally hey now why did you allow this to happen you know that answers to prayers is also a treasure is a true riches is a true rich Eh? you don't know answer to prayer that's what we call fervor. That's why sometimes this person, this person will pray concerning this matter seven times, not, no answer. This person will pray about the matter, answer will come. I read of a or I, I heard of a man of God that he wanted to pray for somebody and God said, "Don't pray because if you pray, I will answer. Don't just pray because I know what I, what, what your prayer will do to me now. If it is some of us, will God asks you not to pray. He knows that your prayer, <laughs> your prayer will not do anything to him. That's favor. That particular kind of favor is a true reach. It cannot come to you until you settle with this matter. Are you holding on to money? Clinging to money? Remember, you will not allow God to lead you. And even when God leads you, you will hold it on. When the money comes, you will plan on how to use it. You will not ask him to to lead you. You are trusting in money. You are trusting in riches. You can never enter the kingdom of heaven. Jesus says so. Because you are trusting in riches. Anytime listen, let me make it simple so that you can understand it easily. Anytime money enters your hand and you plan on how to use it, you are tra- trusting in money. Sometimes, for many of us, before the money arrives, we have finished the plan. Through of us. Through our force. The plan has finished in our head. Let's say somebody says, I'm going to send 50,000 naira to you. Hey, tomorrow, but throughout today, you're already planning. Anytime you are planning on how to spend money, you are trusting in that money. If you want to declare that you are not trusting in that money. That you are trusting in God. Then don't plan. Pray. I think you should write it down. Put your name there. Anytime I, Chidebele, is planning on how to use money that I made Or maybe from any source. I am trusting in that money. If I want to prove that I am not trusting in that money. I should pray and ask God. On how this money that he has sent should be used. If as a salary earner your salary arrives and you have you finished the plan or you have made some money as a businessman and you are finished you are already saying this one is going to go to my capital this one is going to go for this one you have finished the plan yourself excuse me you are trusting in that money Proverbs 3 verse 5 says trust in the Lord when you are trusting in the Lord how do you know it? lean not on your own understanding in all your ways, in this particular way now, acknowledge him so that he will do what? He will direct you on how this money will be used. Don't lean on your understanding. You can't be saying that you are trusting in God when you are using your brain to plan on how the money will be used. Simple. I want us to read a verse before we look at the other aspect of faithfulness, which is loving money look at 1st Timothy chapter 6 verse 17 1st Timothy chapter 6 verse 17 good news version says command those who are rich in the world or in, who, who are rich in the things of this life not to be proud but to place their hope not in such an uncertain thing as riches but in God who generously give us everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good. To be rich in good works. To be generous and ready to share with others. In this way, they will store up for themselves a treasure. Which will be a solid foundation for the future. And they will be able to win the life which is true. True life. Let me read it from King James. Verse 17. Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high minded nor trust in uncertain riches. When the Bible said do not trust in uncertain riches you should, you should be able to understand what it means now. Isn't it? But in the living God. Where are you going to put your trust please? In the living God. And how do you trust in the living God? Eh? Pray. When the money arrives, do what? Don't plan. Praying is equal to what? Trusting in the living God. Planning on how to use the money, whether before the money arrives or as the money arrives, is what? Trust in uncertain riches. Simple. Trust in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. Command them that they should do good. So, it's only when you trust in the living God that you will do good with your money. That they, be, they should be rich in good works. It's not for you to say, I have money here and there. I I bought land in all the states in Nigeria. I built house here and there. No. Rich in good works. Good works. Not in storing up your treasures on the earth for yourself. Jesus said, that will keep your heart on the earth. For where your treasure is, that, that is where your heart is. He said, they should be ready to distribute. Ready to do what? To distribute. Always ready. And willing to share. To communicate there them means to share. And when they do that, what are they doing in verse 19? They are laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come. So that they may lay hold on eternal life. Are you seeing something there? For you to lay hold on eternal life, you cannot be trusting in money. Many, many believers will miss heaven because of this matter. This issue of trusting in money. You can never lay hold on eternal life if you have not learned to trust in God. When money comes, you start planning. Or before it comes, you already know that it's going to come. So the plan has already started. You can never lay hold. Because you are laying hold on money. You can't lay hold on eternal life. Eternal life is a true rich. Money is an unrighteous mammon. You choose one. He said again. He said, No man, no servant can serve two masters. For either he will love the one. So let's look at loving money now. What does loving money make people to do? First of all, you have to recognize in the same first Timothy chapter 6, verse 10, it says, The love of money is what? The root of all evil. How do you know that you have loved money? Simple. Look at it. I want to give us another simple formula. Eh? When you can do something for money that you cannot do for God. Eh? If they say now, that anybody that finishes his Bible from Genesis to Revelation will have uh, 100,000 Naira alert lot in his account. If you finish your Bible 10 times in a year, you will have 100,000 Naira each time you finish. What do you think will happen to you? Talk to me, brother. <laughs> you, know, you know, some of us, you have started reading Bible. But you have never finished Bible. The reason why many of us are dragging our feet in the things of God, you know, but when it comes to the things that concerns money, certificates, job, job interview, you will just fly. When you invite somebody for a program to come from, uh, let's say, Sokoto or um, Gombe to Enugu, you say, Hey, the road is bad, though. Hey, insecurity everywhere. Hey, you'll be telling you so many things. Just tell the person that Shell uh, Chev or Chevron, ExxonMobil is offering you a job. Just come for the interview, the job is yours. Will you consider insecurity on the road? Will you consider um, uh, transport money? Are you, are you getting that's the problem? That's how we become unfaithful in the matters, your devotions. This is what Jesus is dealing with, say, nobody can serve two masters. Money is a God. Covetousness is idolatry. I think you need to read this text. Let's read it so that sometimes the reading Bible makes things so clear. Look at Ephesians chapter 5 verse 3. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 3. but fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness let it not be named among you as becometh itself neither fieldiness nor foolish talking nor jesting which are not convenient but rather giving up thanks for this you know that no woemonger nor unclean person nor covetous man who is what who is what an idolater in case you don't know who a covetous man is A covetous man is what? An idolater What is the name of the idol that he worships? Money <laughs> Many many of us think That when we will enter into the kingdom When you are an idolater When you are a covetous man When you love money More than God When you are holding on to money And you are despising God's command to give God will say give you will get your salary you finish it you plan and you do what you want to do and you think you will enter into the kingdom of god you will not you say for this you know i hope you know that where a fornicator is going is where someone who trusted in riches is going you cannot enter into the kingdom you better know if you don't know before now it was also repeated in colossians chapter 3 verse 5 mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth Fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is what idolatry. Covetousness, which is what. So it's always particular when it comes to covetousness, because many many believers will say, "I'm not a fornicator." Hey, fornication. Hey, uncleanness. Oh, but when it comes to covetousness, what is the shout? Eh? When it comes to you know, holding on to money and despising God and His commandments. Eh? Why, why will it be like that? Your heart is attached. The love of money is the root of all evil. You can't be faithful. Look at the New Testament. Even when Paul was writing to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 16 verse 2, he said each of you should lay aside every week what you are giving to the lord so that when i come i will you will gather everything together is you lay aside you separate for the lord lay it aside jesus said do not lay up your treasures on the earth for yourself why because your heart will be on the earth lay up for yourself treasure in heaven luke 12:33 Sell what you have and give up. And you will have treasure in heaven. You will have treasure in heaven. Apart from the hundredfold they are going to have on this earth. There is still treasure in heaven. What a beautiful thing to give. What a beautiful thing to be faithful in financial stewardship. Many of us, we are wrong. We are failed in this matter. And we need to repent. Our heart, our heart has clung to money so much. The things that will make us to become, you know, owners of money and, you know, getters of money We pay so much attention to it The things that will make us to get God and be filled with God We claim we are not strong We give excuses that we are not, uh, you know, strong But on the other side we become strong You go early, you don't go late You don't give excuse that there is rain but in this one that, that concerns God, you will give a school that there is rain. You will give a schools that uh, things are not easy like that. Uh, things are somehow, they should understand. Is see every time, one will be doing this one. But if it is concerning money, certificates, things that are around business, that will give you money, you are always, you know, working hard, up and doing. These are evidence that, We are not and we will never be faithful in financial stewardship. And so as we pray, there should be a... See, listen, you need to cry out. First of all, in repentance. Secondly, ask God to deliver you. Because the issue of going to heaven is tied to this matter. The issue of being a serious Christian is tied to this matter. So many things are tied to it. That's why I say Jesus taught more on money than on any other thing. Because it is foundational, it is fundamental. Rise right on your feet and let us pray. I want you to take one minute to think about the issues that has come up in this. Sometimes, some of us, when you give, even when you give, you complain. You complain. The money is not your own. You are, you are not happy that the money that is not your own which God brought for himself is being used for himself. Can we say to God, I'm sorry. Can, should, can there be serious repentance this evening? We have felt, we have put our trust in uncertain riches instead of in the living God. Faithfulness, in financial stewardship that's the foundation for true prosperity if you want to prosper as a Christian this is the foundation don't play with this message that's where it starts so many people want to hear message on prosperity you shall prosper this and that but they don't know that this is the foundation if you prosper any other way you are going to hell. Meditate over your own life. This is a kind of message that requires sober reflection. Look at your own faithfulness. As the sales girl we use as an example, how are you taking God's money to do charity without his approval? You are planning with your head. Some of us, when you plan, plan, your head will become hot. You plan, plan, your head will become hot where you are planning. On how to use God's money, you will never pray. You will never seek God to know what His plans are for this money that has arrived. Can we say to God, I'm sorry, I want my life to change on this matter? Encounter me. In fact, can you pray now? Pray and say, God, make me to know that you are the owner of everything. Let the consciousness, let the sense of ownership, sense of divine ownership of everything in my hand Let it done on me now I want to get that sense Can you pray? Can you pray? The sense of divine ownership Of everything that he has given to you It all belongs to him Doesn't belong to you It is his own All that is in heaven All that is in the earth It is his own and again, he bought you, so he owns you and owns the money. Father, please, tonight is very critical. It's very critical for us. Many of us have been so unfaithful. When people come and say, borrow me, you will borrow, because you, think you are the owner. When somebody say, I don't have this, you give. You are the God that owns the money. Sometimes when God wants you to give, you will not give. It's time to repent. For all unfaithfulness. Jesus said, that is that which is least. Malebo shanda la landa ra basa, shanda ra basa, sundu kanda la basa, lendelebo sondo kanda la basa, lendelebo I want to advise you to go over this message again, and as you are going over it again. May need to be praying as you are going over it again this is not a message you will listen to once so many matters will come up again as you listen to it again as I'm going to pray tonight for us don't take this matter for granted this word will come back again you are going to meet this word that came today somewhere again in your journey and in eternity but those that will take it serious and do something with it. Those that will say to God, "I will allow you to direct my steps by trusting in you. I will not lean on my own understanding by planning with planning for the spending. You shall be my guide." Oh, lest thou hast guilt this this word, this message has made me to be full of guilt but yet for me your blood was guilt thou can make me what thy will and take me as I am no preparation can I make my best resolves I only break yet save me for thy own themselves and take me as I am behold me Savior at your feet deal with me as thou seest me your work began your work complete but take me as i am bless and and full of you but yet for me thy blood was spilled and i uh, can make me watch that. Will take me out. No preparation can I make. No preparation. My best results I only break. My best. Result, I Yes, save me for your own name's sake. Yes, save me for thy own name's sake. And take me past. I as I Behold me, Saviour, at your feet. Behold. He said, "Know I, deal with I me as thou seest me. me. Deal with me as thou, thou seest, seest. Thy walk begin, thy walk complete.
0: Thy walk
1: begin, thy walk complete." Thy Take me, yeah, take, take me, i take me, yeah, take me, Father, we pray that you will help us to be doers of your word. You have spoken to us so many times and has completed us on this very topic. Faith. Finances in our custody from you. May the sense of ownership, may every one of us receive this sense of ownership that you are the one that owns us and owns our money. That we will never ever think from today again that we are the owners. But we always know and remember and are conscious of the fact that we are only stewards. Of that which you have given to us. May it done on us, May it done in our spirit. May our soul come to know it. May even our body come to know it. May our spirit come to know it. May we receive and accept. The fact that we are not owners. But stewards. Of everything that you have given to us. And so help us oh God. Not to trust in our certain riches. Not to hold on to mammon of unrighteousness, but to be faithful in giving as you have commanded us to do. And be led by your spirit as you direct us and always pray for that direction. May our heart, oh God, not love money because it will always lead to unfaithfulness in financial stewardship. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. May our heart cling to you, O oh God. Help us. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Like I said, take time again and go through this message again and again. There are so many things that will come up. The Spirit of God is telling me as you listen to it again and again. And God will help us. In Jesus' name.
0: Amen. Thank you for listening. We trust you are blessed by God's word. This message and many more can be downloaded from our website, www.carvarywayonline.org. For testimonies, counseling, and prayers, you can send an email to Labels at gmail.com or call 80 6560 You could also follow us on all our social media platforms at Labels.